Welcome back to the show, everyone. Unbelievably, the summer is drawing to a close, and that means that your kiddos are headed back to school in the next couple of weeks, most likely. Now, I am not a mom yet myself, but I have a super mom on the program today, Karen Alpert, who kind of wrote the book on mommyhood. It's called Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be A-Holes. It is absolutely hilarious, as the title suggests, and includes sections like 50 basic things to teach your kids before they fly the coop, screen time is the frenemy, if they say I hate you, then you're probably doing it right, and advice to myself when I feel like I'm a shitty parent. Karen is pretty much exactly the mom I aspire to be. She takes being a mom very seriously, but she doesn't take herself too seriously. In this comparison culture we live in, being a mom feels harder than ever before. It's a journey I can't wait to embark on, and let's be honest, I'll probably light my elf on the shelf on fire, just like she did. For more hilarious anecdotes, take a listen to our conversation. I laughed out loud at the fantastic Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be A-Holes, unfiltered advice on how to raise awesome kids by the one, the only Karen Albert, aka Baby Sideburns. Karen, the oven incident, I won't spoil anything, actually had me <laughs> spit my coffee. Right. You, I know. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't stop laughing and I, and I needed that laugh that day. So thank you. So as you my, say, my misery is everybody's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you say, you're here to make parents laugh because it's a hell of a lot better than crying, right? Mm-hmm. So the book is out now and ready for you listeners to get your hands on. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So you published the popular blog, Baby Sideburns. You're also the author of I Heart My Little A-Holes and I Want My Epidural Back. So what led you to write this new book? Um, You know, my kids are getting older, so it's getting interesting blogging about them. You don't want to just share the bad stuff at this point because they see it now. (laughs) They they can read. Um, So in fact, my daughter was actually reading the blog the other day and I'm like sitting there going cringing, like, please don't dislike anything that I put up about you. It's been okay though. Um, She's got a good sense of humor. Right. Well, how could she not with you as her mom, right? Right, right. Zoe (laughs) Holden, right? How how old are Zoe and Holden now? Yeah, Zoe will be 12 tomorrow. And, oh, happy birthday, um, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. And Holden is nine. He's nine and a half. Okay. Um, so they're getting okay. older. So that's that's why I wrote this book. I mean, I feel like you, you know, I'm looking around the world and there are a lot of a-holes out there. <laughs> there there are. And I love how you give tips for girls and boys on how to raise women, young women to be confident. And and these young men we're raising to be gentlemen. So I will say I'm not yet a mama, but I absolutely adored this book and learned so much. And one of the highlights for me was you list 50 basic things to teach your kids before they fly the coop, which honestly, some of these 50 things I have not yet mastered at 34. (laughs) Some of these include how to hang a picture straight, how to change a light bulb, how to apologize when you're wrong. How did you come up with this list and how long did it take you to write it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I remember years ago, I watched a news segment. I don't even know what it was on. And it was these young adults. It was about a, about a young adult. It was a mom speaking. And this, the boy, the man, young man, 
called an electrician because his light wasn't working and the electrician showed up at his house and lo and behold, the bulb had burned out and the kid didn't know how to change, didn't know that he needed to change it. (laughs) And the electrician was like, that'll be a (laughs) hundred dollars. So I remember seeing that and thinking, oh my gosh, like these are basic things that our kids need to like leave our house knowing how to do. So the list is really pretty basic. I mean, it's everything from like how to, you know, teach your kid to change a light bulb, teach your kid to make a pot of pasta, like very simple stuff to stuff like you have to tip people. Like this is is how they make their money. Like your wait staff makes $2 an hour unless you tip them. So, um, and I just wanted to teach kids those, those 50 basic things. I'm sure if I really sat down and made it, I could make this list a thousand long. But, right. Um, <laughs> but this was I was going to say, how did you choose those 50? Because that, that you could make it a thousand. And, and honestly, I went down the checklist and like I said, I, I don't know how to do all of those things. So I need to learn how to do those things immediately. And I'm 34. Yeah. There were things like my husband doesn't know how to make grilled cheese in a pan. <laughs> I do know how to do that. I can do that. I can do that. So right. I, have, I have mom friends who work outside the home and mom friends who work inside the home. And a passage I really appreciated in your book is that you write, I don't ask other moms if they work. The question is, do you, the question isn't, do you work? The question is, do you get paid in more, more than kisses and macaroni necklaces? So I love this. Thank you for taking this stance. Why take this stance? I mean, we all know as, as women, we, we work our butts off from, from yeah. 18 years old on. Like there's really, you, you never stop working. And whether you have kids and you're working um, to raise them or whether like parenting is, it's the literally the hardest job on earth. And I always say it's harder than you become a CEO, you can quit. You know, you have a kid, you cannot quit. And it goes on and it's not until they're 18. It goes on their entire life and your entire life. So um, forever, forever. And it's a job that doesn't stop. It's a job that doesn't stop. And how dare you ask a mom if she works because Yes, she works and she might have five jobs. (laughs) I have mom friends who work outside the home who say that going to their jobs is like a vacation for them because the work at home is so hard and they love their kids. Of course, like, of course they do, but it's never ending and it's, it's, it's nonstop. Yes. I mean, I hear a lot of my friends who are stay at home moms resent their husbands for getting to leave the house every day and converse with with other adults and I mean, unfortunately, I work at home, so I kind of get the worst of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I work at home now, too, so I, I, but I don't have kids. But So a right. debate that rages among my mom friends is about screen time, right? Mm. So we've got a lot of um, my friends' parents, so the kids' grandparents, who, of course, didn't have the luxury of screen time when they were raising us, right? So they think that it's abhorrent. And um, in the book, you call screen time the frenemy. So tell yeah. me how you feel about screen time yeah I mean I love 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 screen time and I hate 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 screen time (laughs) right yeah I mean it's it's wonderful for us as parents because it gives us a break I also think it is wonderful for kids too they need to decompress sometimes at the end of the day like that's the way my kids check out after a long stressful day of being at school and learning for seven seven hours straight so that's really important but I also feel like this day and age you can carry a screen with you everywhere you go And I feel like our kids are missing out on a lot of um, important life skills. Maybe it's how to handle yourself when you're bored and there's nothing to do. That's a really, really important life skill. Um, And I I think it's sad. Like I remember I was at some event 
know, a couple of years ago and I walked in and they had a bunch of high school volunteers and they were all sitting on the bleachers and they were every single one of them, like 20 of them were all just staring at their phones. And I thought when I was a kid, we would have all met each other and we might've made new friends, but there was none of that. They all were just like, I'm bored. I'll look at my phone right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel like it's a lost opportunity. Don't get me wrong. You're on an airplane by all means, like do whatever it takes to keep your kid happy. And if that's a right. head, wonderful. <laughs> right, right, but right. Make them, but make them put it down sometimes because it's really important. It's that balance, right? It's a balance. Yeah. It's all a balance. So you say it, parenting is the hardest job in the entire universe. You even have a chapter in the book titled, If They Hate You, You're Probably Doing It Right, which is so true. And also in the book, you have an entire section devoted to advice to myself when I feel like I'm a shitty parent, which all parents feel that way. So I want to talk about an issue I found so pervasive among moms I know, and that is mom guilt. What perpetuates mom guilt and how can we combat that? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know why mother nature made us this way. Like I can spend an entire day with my kid and we get so much great bonding time in. And then for some reason, the next day, I can't hang out with him for 10 minutes after school. And I'm like riddled with guilt about it. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like it never ends, right? Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's not just when they're babies. It's not just when they're toddlers. It's when they're teenagers. It's its all the time. It really, it really is. It just keeps going and going. And like you, do, unfortunately, as a parent, I often dwell on the things I did wrong, as opposed to dwelling on the things that I did right. Um, which is funny because I feel like, 20 hours of the day, I'm probably doing a pretty good job. And then that, that little bit of time that I yell at them or that I just like lose my cool um, or that I didn't pack a good enough lunch and they let me know that at the end of the day, like I tend to dwell on that. Even this morning, I was, one of my kids said their lunch was, they were bored with their lunch at school and I felt like really guilty about it. I'm like, what am I feeling guilty about? Like they should pack their own damn lunch if that's the way they feel. <laughs> well, the, yeah, they're fed, right? You know, and like- yes. At what point? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At what point did we did we go from, OK, they are clothed, they're fed, they're breathing. We did a good job today. We succeeded to, oh, my gosh, they we didn't cut their sandwich in the perfect triangles, you know, I mean, and that's and that leads actually a perfect segue into my next question. I am not sure when the tide turned. Maybe it was around the dawn of social media or Pinterest. But let's talk about and you address this in the book, the absolutely ridiculous kids birthday party standards you have this genius flow chart on page 161 of the pinterest <laughs> the pinterest way and my way meaning your way basically saying that as long as you have people there at the party and a cake the kids are going to be happy motherhood is hard anyway but when did motherhood become so performative and when did this pressure to be a perfect parent start and how can we stop this like can we give moms and dads for that matter a carte blanche pass off the hook like you don't have to be perfect right right and I, I think a lot of it is social media you see people don't show off like people are unlikely to show off the birthday party that they didn't do much for like you know I ran to Jewel Osco and bought my cake at the last minute like I'm probably right. not going to show off that cake on on Instagram but if I made like a huge, amazing cake, which I've started doing lately, so I, so I know this, like I show those off all the time. Like you have to understand when you're looking at Instagram that you're looking at the best because people are sharing the best. They're not sharing the worst usually. Um, the highlight reel. Yes. So like, I feel like we see this a lot and we're like, I have to do better. I have to do better. I have to make, you know, do what this other mom's doing. Uh, even like when, it, like vaccines right now, 
like people are sharing it, they're getting vaccines online. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to go get my vaccine now. <laughs> like all these other yeah. people have gotten it and I haven't yet. So there's some, there's some like FOMO online and you're, and I feel like I'm constantly living up to that ideal that I'm seeing. Even tomorrow, it's Zoe's birthday. I am, um, unfortunately, when I get off with you, I'm going to buy supplies to make fondant because she wants a fondant pig on the top of her cake. And I'm like, damn it, why am I doing that? Like, I should just go to DQ and pick up an ice cream cake. Are you <laughs> going to post photos of the fondant on, on the cake? Because I, I need to see, like, if this is a nailed it moment or or how it turns out. I'm sure it will turn out great. But that's funny well, that your her yeah. party is this weekend, probably, and you're mm-hmm. literally in this mode right now. Yes, I am totally in this mode, but I think also usually I'm the mom that usually runs at the last minute to buy the cake and like forgets a lot of stuff. This is a pandemic birthday. So I feel this like weird urge that I have to do it really, really great. Um, which is kind of stupid because my kids have actually been in school all year and they're having a pretty okay year. So right, <laughs> I don't right, I don't know right. why I feel this pressure. Well, you let yourself off the hook as, as, as I'm saying this, like mom police, I'm not even a mom, but it's, she's going to love it. As long as she gets a cake and you and the family and maybe a friend or two, she'll love it. So yeah, I just yeah. want all moms to just like release that pressure because it's enough pressure to just do the job of motherhood, let alone try to do it perfectly, which is impossible. You know? Yeah. I think parents need to, I think that moms and all parents need to step back and think, I have my strengths and I have my, my, not, I don't say weaknesses, but my less strengths and, and try and focus on the things that you're doing great because they're, you're doing a lot of things. Great. Maybe that's your job outside of the house. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's, um, who knows the way you dress every morning. Maybe that's makeup. Maybe that's something else, but focus on what you're doing great and don't focus on what other people are doing great. The book again is Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be A-Holes. Karen is so relatable. And my last question for you is what is the number one piece of advice you've heard since becoming a mom? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. <laughs> right. It can be more than one if you want. <laughs> I think I think the best thing that I've heard and le- mostly learned through having the blog is that if you're going through something, there are probably a million other moms out there going through exactly the same thing. So even though in this job, we feel like we're totally alone, you are absolutely not alone. And just because you don't see other moms posting about it, like anytime I put something up, it's amazing how many people shout out me too, me too. So remember that's why we all need this book. It's so relatable. It makes us all feel like we're not, we're not alone. And and we all have the same struggles at the end of the day, you know, same, same tree, different branches, maybe, but same tree, nonetheless. That's a great way of putting it. That's, that's the perfect way. We're all, we're all raising kids. We have different problems, but there are a million moms out there having exactly the same problem you are. So. so listeners, if you get nothing else from this interview, just know that you're not alone. And if you show up with love, you're doing the job just fine. So Karen, thank you so much for being here today. I think moms and those like me who want to be moms should all grab a copy of this book. It's out now so we can continue to raise awesome kids just like you are and let ourselves off the hook from the impossible task of being perfect parents. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
Well, friends, we are nearing the end of season one of I'd Rather Be Reading, if you can believe it. We have two guests next week talking fashion with me, one of my favorite topics. And then our season one finale is none other than the absolutely lovely Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child on August 9th. Season two is already shaping up to be fantastic. We've got interviews with everyone from Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN to Kate White, who was editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan from 1998 to 2012, aka my formative years. If you want to chat books, drop me a line at hello, I'd rather be reading at gmail.com. And while you're at it, take a moment to follow, rate, and review the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Have a great weekend.